So you got to ask me a question when we did this two weeks ago to start off the show. Here's my question for you. Yeah. Cool. My question is, as a fan, how much grace period, let's call it a statute of limitations, how long do you have before you can stop giving shit to other fans? Now, what I mean by this is, the Kings and the Blackhawks at the moment are terrible. Can they still give shit to other fans, though? They were last successful three years ago. But the Hawks have won, obviously, three cups in six years. The Kings won two cups in three years. And this is all very recently. Can they still give shit to, say, Jets fans? Or how about Red Wings fans? That's my question. How long is the time where you can stop giving shit to other fans? I I seem to think it's basically a year. And it doesn't really matter how many cups you win. A year, yeah, definitely. In in this league, 100%. Like, you think, um... Yeah, yeah, because a cup only carries you so far. Just because you won the cup the year before doesn't mean that you're, um... Well, like, two seasons ago, say, like, like the Capitals can give all the shit they want to teams this year, even if they bottom out and end up 31st. But if they finish last this year, then they can't exactly start giving shit to the fans next year, can they? <laughs> so hang on, Peng- it- so Penguins fans can't give shit to other fans, even though they've won two. They won two in a row, and like, well, it, like come on. It depends on it, it. It all depends. It's not relevant to how far you've bottomed out. So like the Hawks and the Kings, they've been on like a steady decline, to the point of now they are shit shit. So, say your first example, the Jets. The Hawks absolutely can't give shit to the Jets right now because the Jets are shit hot, and the Hawks are hot shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's all it's all weighted and it's all relative and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. But then you get strange cases like the Senators can't give shit to anyone because they're they're just forever shit. Like their their organization as a whole is shit. Shit to the core. We need one of those fancy stat graphics for relevance. Um, what's the word? Like a relevance bias against recency, or something like that, where you can me- just measure. Okay, you you can give this shit to these teams. Because I was thinking of yeah, like a little like a little cross section sort of thing. Yeah, sort of. I was thinking about the Red Wings in the since in the last. 10 seasons, 11 seasons. Only six teams have won the cup. Now, I'm picking the Red Wings because they were 2008. Do they not have any kind of... Do they, have they, have, has theirs worn out now? Could you, could you, you can give shit to a Red Wings fan, but a Red Wings fan could still say, yeah, but look at this. Only six teams have won the cup in this time span. And we're one of them. Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> fucking... That's the past. That is the past. Like... And Red Wings are a perfect example because they are fucking shit. Like they they are so bad now. Like you look at how bad and how badly overpaid their players are. They're an absolute shit show. And to to bring back the whole like yeah, they had twenty five seasons in a row. Like all the the storied history. Like the the Red Wings and the Canadians were an example until they had a bit of a resurgence this year. It's like I don't know. It's like. Not an in forest trying to turn around and be like we're fucking hot shit. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're fucking not. Just because you won Division One like seventy five uh, times in the fifties doesn't mean you're fucking hot shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah forest is I, a good I was going to say Liverpool, but Liverpool are really good now. Yeah. Like your your history doesn't fucking matter. 
Especially for when was the last time the Wings made the playoffs? Or when did their was it um, two seasons their ago? streak end? Something I like that. Like 2000, I think 2015-16? Yeah, two seasons ago, three seasons ago. It was recent okay. enough, but at the same time, it's long enough ago that it's fucking over. Like, it's not about it's not about what you've done for me; it's what you're doing for me now. Which is the like, story of this league, isn't it? What have you done for me lately? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we don't. We have such short memories. In in a weird little sort of pseudo connected thing, I've seen that uh, Mackenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils is making his uh, NHL debut tonight. Yeah. Um, and he's their 2015 second rounder. I saw this earlier. I thought, well, oh, that's pretty quick for a for a young goalie. And then I realised that there have been. Oh, I need to remember again. There there have been three whole seasons between that draft and him making his debut, which sounds like a fucking long time. Like <laughs> there's. So on one hand, you've got a 21 year old goalie who's drafted in 2015, which sounds really recent. But in reality, in the day to day grind of the NHL, that might as well have been a hundred years ago. Like such a quick turnaround on this league that even the most sustained success, a la the the Detroit Red Wings, only takes you so far. As soon as the world dries up, that's it. Like I don't give a shit. Like the Red Wings can't give shit to anybody in the league at the moment. I agree. There should be a cut-off point for sure. Doesn't matter how successful you've been. I think that I think the Hawks still have a little bit of. I think they can still give a little bit. I they're obviously teetering because it's not working with. Well, it looks like it's not working with the Kalitin at the moment now that Cranville's gone and everything. But I still think three cups in six years. I still think, and, and it being very recent, I still give, gives them a little bit. But theirs is wearing off. Yeah, for sure. I think the Hawks are an interesting case study because there's still that element of people not liking the Hawks anyway. Yes. So say you're, say you're trying to say to a Hawks fan, oh, you're having a fucking shit season, and then they turn around and say, yeah, but three cups in six years, you're just going to punch that geezer in the face? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're a fucking dick. Like, <laughs> shut up. It's got to be you know longer what I mean? than a I don't agree. I agree with you there's a cut-off point, but it's got to be longer than a year. That's ridiculous. I think, I think if you, I think if you get one full season, it depends. Like I said, it depends how bad you were. Like, say you win the cup, then you come thirty first the next season, and then you you get to 35, 40 games through a season as we are now, and you're still bottom of the league. You can't give shit to anyone because you're shit. Yeah. Okay. So we're saying we're saying it just needs, it just needs to be the... relevance to uh, NHL standings. Yeah. If you are if you are shit for eighteen months, then you're shit. It's over. <laughs> See you later. Unlucky. Fro- throwing the towel. Okay. Think, think about the Kings. The Kings were like comparatively good last year. Dustin Brown remembered how to play hockey. Like they, Andre Kopitar was having a heart worthy season, and now they're shit. And nobody's gonna, you know, bat an eyelid if the Kings, you know, the Kings can't give shit to anyone. Yeah, I think See, See, they're, they're, they're I mean? past. They're past my cutoff point. Where they they're they're over they've teetered over the edge now, the Hawks are hanging on by like two fingernails. Here's your um here's your perfect example, Dan. Ottawa Senators. I don't know if you've heard this. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this, but they were one goal away from the Stanley Cup final. Sure. One goal. One goal away. It's true. It's true. Look it up. So Christ. to me, that would mean that they are one of the top four teams in the NHL for 
whatever season that was, 1928. I don't know how long ago it was now. <laughs> six months ago. after, six months after that goal was not scored, and they didn't go to the Stanley Cup final. If you polled a hundred NHL fans, a hundred and one are going to say the Ottawa Senators are a shit team and can't say shit to anyone. Because you're going to ask 100 and then some random bypassers are going to lean in. So does someone say the Ottawa Senators? Because they're fucking shit. <laughs> Just the voice on the back. Please and then he's going, to hop, he's going to hop back into his Uber and drive off to pick someone else up. <laughs> to commit a murder. <laughs> <laughs> but is, is that not like... That just sums it up, I think. Like that's, that is it. No, that's, if you're shit, you're shit. That's it. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like, I like what well, I like the um, 18 months... Compared to relevance of league, league stand NHL standing, I like that. That works for me scientifically. Do, but then there's, I'll take that. That, and and you get special exceptions for when your entire organisation falls into disrepair. Yeah, of course. There we go. That's solved. Should we start the show? Probably should. time of the week, Mr. Smooth Recap. Pending house hunter in a new city, Sergei Bobrovsky has 13 shutouts since the start of the 2016-17 season, which is tied for first among active goaltenders. More like Sergei Robgolsky. The St. Louis Blues have so many players in the doghouse they have had to remove the dog in order to make room. Team Putt Barkley has practiced with the club and isn't expected to replace Vladimir Tarasenko in the lineup. They say Father Time is undefeated, but he never faced a shot from Alexander Ovechkin. Right now, Old Man Time is taking pucks to the face as Old Man New Dad Ovi registers a 14 game point streak and already has 29 goals. The Calgary Flames extended their record breaking losing streak after falling 25 2 to the Townsend Tigers of the Alberta Children's Hospital. This defeat marked the 37th consecutive win for the Tigers over their provincial rivals and remain undefeated. The Buffalo Sabres, after a blip, are back on track, crediting the TV show Blackadder as their inspiration. Rasmus Captain Darling goes forth and utilises a cunning plan to become the fifth youngest defenceman to record three-plus points in a game. Finnish wonderkind Nico Rantanen has become the first non-penguin in 20 years to record 58 points or more through the first 35 games. Steven Stamkos becomes only the third player in Tampa Bay Lightning history to score 700 points. The two players ahead of him are a man called Martin from St. Louis and Vincent, who was a Cavalier. Garnet Hathaway is a piece of shit and has a silly name, sources say. <laughs> With his parents having filed the missing persons report and his picture appearing on a milk carton, Interpol finally tracked down their man in the Sunshine State. So it's good to see Matt Bolesky emerge from his Hartford Fritzl dungeon and score for the Rangers against the Panthers. <laughs> finally, and back to Denver, 
The Canadiens' mile-high losing streak is so long that only one defenseman from their most recent road win in Colorado is still in the NHL. That D-man? Pernell Carl Subban. And that was your smooth recap. Good job this week. <laughs> Thanks. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like, I like Garrett Hathaway. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> I made me laugh. It's, it's, it's not Garrett, it's Garnett. Oh, Garnett, Gar- sorry, Garnett, Garnett. Garnett, that's not a fucking name. That's not like... No. Just no. <laughs> no Garnett Hathaway. No Garnett Hathaway. Fucking arse. Like... No, it's not. I've had enough. I'm not, I'm not a fan. All right, then. Who's winning the cup this week? Um, there's only one team. As we always know, Dan, as we always know, there's only one team that can be winning the cup this this week, of course. this year, whenever it is. And um, it's quite obviously going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you for why. It's got nothing to do with any off-ice nonsense, any blokes in suits, because we know that the, the game is played on the ice, Dan. It it's is. played on the ice by players on the ice who are playing the game on the ice. And that's where the wins come from. And you can't win without a quality goaltender. And now that you've got 13-year-old Carter Hart between the sticks for Philly, the second coming of Jesus, maybe the third coming of Jesus, I can't keep track anymore, it's fucking over. The other teams might as well not even turn up. Ah, oh, we need... Okay, more on Carter Hart later. Because I need... Yeah, we need to talk... I need to talk about this. Who's winning the cup for me? This is a... Sorry, folks. It's it's a boring one. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are winning the cup. They're currently six points clear of the entire league. They have 15 players with 10 points or more. Vasilevsky goes down. Everyone says, well, we'll see how they do now. Louis Domingue comes in. Okay, he's not great. But Lightning just think, well, that's fine. We'll, we'll just score six goals. Or if we need to, we'll score seven goals. And then Vasilevsky comes back and decides to prove a point by making a save of the year candidate. So... You know, what can we do really? Not much. So yeah, the Lightning are winning the cup. Fifteen players with ten points or more sounds really impressive until you look into it and find out that fourteen of those players only have ten points, and then the other <laughs> one only has thirteen points. <laughs> I could have gone. I could have gone further, but I didn't want to kind of go down every single player because that's just reading names and numbers, which is dross. So I, th- I feel like that that cult, that market has been cornered by a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, scores on Sunday anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. And now for the sad news. Who's getting relegated well? Um, there's one one team getting relegated this, this week for me. Um, it's a particularly specific team and uh, more an aspect of a team. Uh, it's the Dallas Stars' inability to generate offence on the road. <laughs> I wondered how long this would take for you to just... <laughs> Get your get your own team in there and just start like lamenting them. Just why not? I've already chucked in a bit of garlic halfway hate, so I thought why not carry on? Um, charting hockey at charting hockey. Sean Tierney on Twitter posted. Um, I, I would say a great graphic, but um, it doesn't favour my my beloved stars, so it's not a good graphic at all. Uh, but your ideas up, Sean, is comparing um home and road, um. Quarter four per sixty, so basically you you shot generating, you're on yeah. target or off, um, and the stars were pitifully below every other team in the league when it came to generating shots on the road. I think were they, they were averaging last? something like 
dead last, oh. dead last. They no. were like five, five shots below the worst teams in the league, and yet they were perfectly middle of the pack when it comes to generating office offense in uh, in Dallas. So, who the fuck knows? Maybe they need to start wearing victory green on the road and um, try and get some bloody pucks on net, as they say. Get pucks on net. Get some pucks in deep, eh? No, nah, not in deep. deep. On net, in deep, deep. Is, a, is a problem. Actually, yeah, good. yeah. Maybe they are getting too many pucks in deep and not enough on net. Actually, yeah, you're right. See, that's why. Because if you get a puck coach. in, puck in deep, Dan, you're uh, you're behind the goal and you can't have a shot on the front of the goal if you're behind the goal. There you go. Physics, physics. Unfortunately for me, I also have a very specific team this week. Unfortunately, getting relegated are the Alaska Anchorage from the Western Collegiate Hockey Association, with a pitiful two thirteen and one record, nineteen goals for. 58 goals against. You you might be wondering, Will, what the number one is for in that record. It's actually an intriguing nil-nil against Bowling Green. Come on, mate. <laughs> Cheeky little ball draw. Treat Cheeky yourself. Little, Cheeky little nil-nil. Have that. As a football fan, I can only marvel at this result. Nicholas Herb Eckholm, the star of the team, with six points in 16 games. So... Uh, yeah, Alaska Anchorage. Unlucky guys. Keep plugging away. I'm sure you'll get there soon. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, if there's one thing the NHL is missing, it's not um, it's not bigger personalities from their players. It's not um, yeah, it's not more goal scoring. Actually, contrary to popular belief, it is nil nil draws. Yeah, a nil nil. I, th- I think you know? <laughs> I, d- I don't want to bring back draws full stop, but if it's nil nil going into overtime, then it should just count as a draw. Yeah, we miss we miss we miss the fact that after 60 minutes, you can just finish the game and us football fans would all say, I'll take a point. That's fine. I'll take a point. Because <laughs> that's just a classic, classic footballing fans line. Is Yeah, we'll take a point. That's all right. Something. That's the thing. I, th- I think, you know, taking a point has been cheapened by the overtime loss. Exactly, exactly. You have to You have to earn. That's still a loss. You know, you lose an extra time in football, you don't get a point. Very true. You generally get knocked out of whatever cup you're playing in. Um, That's right. Yeah, you never never hear a um, hear a hockey hockey player say we'll take a point. You and don't. It's just a shame. Real shame. <laughs> nil nil. I love Hard. that nil nil. <laughs> the nil, nil. How do you at the college level as well? Like, how are you? Yeah, because that's the thing is, that, is that it's not the, the the not the argument, but you you hear people say if all the players are really good. It doesn't mean you get mega goals per game because the defensemen are really good. The goalies are really good. There's no mistakes. When the players are so young, that's why you get players racking up 150 points in a season at college level because there's lots of mistakes. How do you get nil-nil in college? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Dan, and say the uh, the players on the team that are, what was it, 213 uh, and 1? 213 and 1. The players on the team that are 213 and 1 at the college level are not so good that no offense is being generated. <laughs> I would I would stretch to say quite the opposite. And it it, it slipped me by, but did you say a leading scorer has six points yeah. in uh, a, in sixteen games? A young Nicholas Herb Eckholm is the star of the team. Six points in sixteen games. <laughs> <laughs> shout that out is... Hey, shout out to you, Nicholas Herb Eckholm. Good for you, mate. You keep plugging away. That's impressive. That is impressive. Fabulous. So, uh, what, how many stars have you got to be alive? What is it? Yeah. 
I've I've only got one to be honest, Dan, because we're I'm feeling a bit like nothing too exciting has really happened. Really? Okay. Well, I've I've got I've got I mean, three. No, nothing nothing worth starting. Do you want to do you want to throw a couple at me and I'll throw yeah, one okay. back at you? So my first one was something that was just it's personal to me and I love, which is well placed shots. You don't have to blast it. You don't have to over it every time. Because I was watching the Lightning play the Avalanche last, and I'd be last another Saturday before now, and Nate McKinnon just, he just, you know, when he said like he passed it into the net, he oh, just yeah. passed the puck in between Deming's legs. It was beautiful, and it just reminded me of my, I think my favourite goal from last year. You know, Panarin's OT winner when he shot across Grubauer into the far top corner in OT in the playoffs, and it was like just a flick of the wrist. I just think, oh, Look, he just, he just passed it well, in. Where you like, yeah, you just push it. You don't yeah. shoot, you just push. You don't shoot it. You just, just a little flick of the wrist. Just, just push it in. Beautiful. So that was my well play shot. And the second one was uh, the San Antonio Rampage Christmas jumpers that they had for their jerseys were just a thing of beauty when they played the uh, the Iowa Wild. Did you see them? I like it. I, I didn't. I didn't know. No, no they, okay. Um... They were awesome. They were awesome. Just really horrible, tacky Christmas jumpers for jerseys, and they were great. One more could you want in our life. There you go. One more could you want in our life. Um, I've just remembered, uh, I'm going to add a a last-minute starter, as I've just remembered something. I'm going to go my my initial one. Uh, I'm going to start Gritty Claws, because (laughs) seeing Gritty skating around and dressed up as Santa, it was something I I didn't even think would happen in, uh, in, in this world, but... It's so obvious to me now, and it's what my life has been missing this entire time. You didn't realise um, how much you needed it until you saw it. Oh, absolutely not! Absolutely not! I did. I didn't. I couldn't even comprehend the idea until it was there. I was like, "Oh my god, my life's complete now." I love the fact as well. Whenever Grit is on the ice, he just he just annihilates people and pushes them over, and he's just a he's just a dick, and he's just he's so yeah, perfect. What is that bit? Is it like a like an intermission bit? They just send him out there with various. People dressed up as things, and he just checks them into the boards. <laughs> it must be, it must be. But whatever it is, it's great. So, so strange, so strange. Who, who else are you starting this week, Dan? Well, as you know, Will, I like to, as a journalist here now with a podcast. You know, you know when I do, you know when I start talking like that, don't you? You know me too well now. There's some stupid thing coming. I like <laughs> as to, you know, yeah, Jesus. as you know, I like to, um, I like to break news if possible where I can, and blow hockey fans minds with things they've never thought of before but i'm starting wayne gretzky statistics now hang on just give me give me a sec <laughs> you're, you're, gonna, is, you're gonna break some new ground here i bet yeah the reason for this is is that it's more you don't appreciate something sometimes until you can see it in front of you in actual figures you can just say people it's we talked about crosby the other week he's missed a taken for granted if you said to somebody, oh my God, she, Crosby knocked that puck in out of the air the other night. They said, oh yeah, like you did that two weeks ago. Like, who gives a shit? Even though it's like maybe the most incredible thing he, to do on the ice is to swing a puck into the net from midair. Two stats I saw that <laughs> fucking blew my mind. Because again, I don't, go, I don't spend all my time trawling through them. Um, Nick Backstrom got to... I think it was most regular season games of four or more assists, and, and Nick Backstrom was at twelve. Second was Mario with thirty-six. Gretzky had seventy-six, <laughs> which is I get it, it's Gretzky, but it's just ridiculous. And then the second one was most three 
plus points games before the 22nd birthday. Because Conor McDavid, easily the best player in the world, has has got to he's done thirty so thirty three games with three plus points before his twenty second birthday. Gretzky had a hundred and eight <laughs> before his twenty second birthday. It's fucking. I was looking at it years ago. My friend, my friend's got a physics degree. He got first in physics, and he now works like in nuclear physics. And I said to him one day, I went around to his house. I said, "Oh, what are you working on?" He said, "Oh, I've got to do this coursework thing." So he showed me this piece of paper with these workings on. And I couldn't even... My brain just malfunctioned. Like it is now. My Even think about it, my brain just malfunctioned. And when I saw that... Just shut down. You put yourself into a coma just because you couldn't deal with the numbers on the page. Yeah. Like Gretzky's stats are like thinking about actual space and what it entails. You actually can't comprehend... Because if you said to me, I like, okay, so Connor's got his 33rd three-plus point game before his 22nd birthday. How many would Gretzky have? I'd be thinking, probably about 60. No, 108. Unbelievable. That, that, that's the thing where, obviously, any any Gretzky stat is just incredible. But the, yeah. Tr- and it's, it's sad because it's just so part of the zeitgeist now that it's not that mind-blowing when you see, like, oh, Gretzky exactly. had 100 goals or whatever. It just is what it is. Yeah. For me, it's when you break it down to how much he did in such a short space of time at the start of his career, when he was so young, when nowadays he'd be toiling in the AHL. Like, <laughs> it's just incredible. I haven't got any to pull off the top of my head, but just go and look up, like, Gretzky's first four seasons and the crazy shit that he did then. That, as, as you've just pointed out, Dan, that dwarfs anything that anyone's ever going to do ever again. It's I know. just. Just madness, but it's not something that's Something else, here. isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And then you're you're the one. You're late. Uh, I want to start. Uh, I want to start a player for. Um, I don't know where they're from. I don't know this player's name, but uh, he's a, a fif- fifteen-year-old lad. So it's oh. probably good that I don't I don't know his name because <laughs> I can't legally name him on this uh, on this podcast. Fifteen-year-old lad who um, plays for the Hawks. Who play in the Bipper South Division Two? Of course. Uh, who who called the Norfolk Bears starter player Matt Howell a rapist, and then proceeded Jesus. to try and get his mate to fight him. Jesus Christ! Did he call him a rapist on the ice? Is that was how he tried to instigate the fight? Yeah, you, you called you called him allegedly. It wasn't like over allegedly. Twitter. Yeah, it, it was a bit. No, no, it was it was during the game. During oh, the game okay. on the rink. Called him a rapist, and um, Matt didn't really like that. <laughs> and I think I think he was even more infuriated by the fact that this kid was fifteen, so he couldn't even beat him up. <laughs> he had diplomatic immunity from a face punching. Diplomatic immunity. Wow, that's that's wow. Yeah, that's chirping to a whole other level. It's not even chirping. It's impressive. It? It's, it's impressive. Right, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> To to be to already be losing like six one at that stage and then to be called a rapist, <laughs> it's just a bit like, like a fifteen year old. If if any of us are getting raped here, mate, it's yeah, not to, me. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, mate, I mean let's be honest, it does. You know, <laughs> yeah, the old phrase "it takes one to know one" pops yeah. into my mind <laughs> for sure. Bloody hell! Fucking I don't know how you come back. I don't know you come back from that. If someone says that to you on the ice, you just what? What did you say? You said what I think no, you not. said. Yeah, okay. I'm not. 
ridiculous. Wow. Okay then. Uh, <laughs> where to move from there? Right. But, uh, show's over. See you later, anything, folks. Yeah. <laughs> anything after Gretzky stats and rape just seems, I don't know, pointless, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> Fucking hell. <sighs> right. Uh, scratches. How many scratches you got? Uh, I've got a big fat one, but it's an important one. It's one that I feel uh, I feel needs to be called out for for the atrocity that it was. Okay, I might think we might. Have, I've got two because we might have the same one. So I'll do I'll do my I'll, I'll do my little one first, which was do, do your do your potential original. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but now I feel in this segment it fits perfectly. You have to scratch the name, the Battle of Alberta. For, for that, for those games, you need to just Why? pull it. It's a battle. It's in Alberta. It's not a battle, Will. The, the, it's a battle. They played the other week and it finished one nil. That's not a battle. <laughs> That's the boredom of Alberta. That's the dross of Alberta. It's like you, you, you actually no no. <laughs> it's going to make a comparison to the First World War, but that is nope, completely inaccurate. <laughs> okay, let's, let's not do that. On a roll here, too much Dan Carlin for me this week. Yep. <laughs> you can call individual games that say they play I don't know, say it's game 82 or something, and they play each other winner goes into the playoffs end up with like, you know, four majors, fights, goalies fight, right, that game on its own, singularly, is the Battle of Alberta. A mid-season game after 20 games is not the Battle of Alberta, it's just (laughs) oh yeah, they're playing each other again I hate it, I hate it so much it's so stupid Counterpoint. Go on. Rangers, Celtic. Yeah. Oh, little little aside. Absolutely gutted that we didn't draw you in the Europa League. Absolutely oh, mate, I gutted. know, I know. Anyway, um, Rangers, Celtic. Yeah. Game, whatever it is of the season. Yeah. But I don't know because we don't really measure that in uh, in football, do we? Really, it's not yeah. all game sixteen. Um. You know, mid-season, yeah. rainy Saturday night, whatever. Yeah. Boring. You know, ends up as a board draw. Not even any red cards. Uh, the highlight is is a corner kick from um, Aidan McGeady. Is he still playing for you boys? <laughs> hey, Aidan McGeady to Henrik Larson. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> Clear cleared off the line by um, Thomas Gravison. Okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, straight out to Ali McCoy's. Um, that's the highlight of the game. Board draw. Yeah. Middle of the season. Yeah. Shit game. That's still the old firm, though, isn't it? Yeah. But that doesn't imply that, it was a battle. Yeah, but that's it's, just what they call called... their rivalries over there. It's the Battle yeah, of Ontario, the Battle of Alberta, right. the Battle of the Montreal-Bostonian border. And that's why the... I'm scratching it, because it shouldn't be called that. I'm motioning. Well, you, can't, I'm, you, you just change you can't it to just... something else. Call it the Alberta you... Derby. The old Alberta just... Derby. There you go. Probably Don't solid. just call the Alberta Derby. Don't just call out the Battle of Alberta then. Call out the Battle of everyone. Oh yeah, any yeah, all of them. But that was because I noticed that one like that day, and it, I was like one nil, the Battle of Alberta. No, it's not. The old firm Four. doesn't imply there was like atrocities on the pitch. The Battle of Alberta <laughs> implies it's like you know, it's like the beginning of fucking Saving Private Ryan. Or something. All right, what 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 about El Clasico? There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah but that's. That's the classic derby. That's the classic. That's fine. It's El Clasico, the classic derby. Yeah, but, each other yeah, but if it's all right again, El, El Clasico. I think you'll find. I think you'll find. It's a, 
It's a rainy Tuesday night in <laughs> Let's not do this Barcelona. No, no, no. Um, but I think you'll find as well. Highlight of the game is Ludovic Julie <laughs> sprinting down the right way. To Henrik Larson. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to Henrik Larson. To be cleared off the line by Thomas Graveson. Um, and uh, oh, who's that? Oh, we've done this before. Who's that right back that um, was on the bench for West Ham and then got loaned to Real Madrid? Oh, it was a French dude. Yeah, French, oh, I, with the F. I was gonna say um, Fabian Delph, but um, no, clearly not, not Fabian Delph. No, it's Fabian. Not, not anyway. I that anyway, yeah, but it's that's just that's just the classic derby. It's the derby of the season in Spain. That's that's fine. It doesn't imply no, no, like because it implies a classic match in the same way. Like it's still a no, battle no, just because no. not many just because not many people died doesn't mean it's not a battle. Of course it does. <laughs> Because, I mean, like two two armies get together and have a battle. There's not like a minimum. It's, it's not like oh, it's a skirmish if you have less than a hundred casualties. Yeah, but it's well, a battle if you have. Yeah, that's army. That's like that's legitimate army. There's chance of yeah, actual that's... death. The Battle of Alberta. Oh, there's a chance one player might have got a cross check. <laughs> Terrifying. If Don Cherry had his way, there would be a chance of actual death in the Battle that's of Alberta. Fair. That's a fair point. Back in my day, that's fair enough. Let's move on from here. We clearly have to agree to disagree. But the Battle of Alberta is stupid. The Battle of Anywhere is stupid. No, none of it's stupid. Go on, do yours. Um, I'm going to scratch. Uh, Whoever generates the infographs, or as as you say, infographs, for uh, for Sportsnet, and specifically whoever was responsible for the atrocity entitled Tale of the Tape Toronto Maple Leafs versus Tampa Bay Lightning and I didn't the, see um, this I didn't see this have you oh you're gonna oh you're gonna love this Dan no oh, you, don't you're gonna love this don't so it's like a like a sort of comparison table you know so say say you're playing a play football like, manager yeah it's like you get before Champ. boxing matches like before boxing oh, yeah. fights same thing so the the tail of the tape yeah is, uh, is, is what it is um so comparing uh, however many categories there are that I can't bother to count. So you had top six forwards, bottom six forwards, D, goaltending, coach. I don't know how you really compare a coach. Uh, special teams and intangibles. Unfortunately, the copy of the graph I've got is halfway through, so I don't have the results for the ste- special teams or the intangibles. <laughs> okay. But um, top six forwards, who, who are you taking? Leafs or Lightning? It's very close. Who you, I would who are you taking personally? I would personally take the Lightning. But even as a, a person who wants to see the Leafs lose this year, only because of the media, it's very, very close. But I would take the Lightning. It's, it's very close. Uh, Sportsnet had the Leafs. Of course. Bottom six forwards. Who are you taking? Again, I would take the Lightning. I think would that's you? a bigger... Uh, yeah, I would. Bearing in mind you got Nazim Kadri as third-line centre for the Leafs. That's a good point. He's a good, he's a good, good centre, but it's, it's it's splitting hairs again. I think. I think. It's, yeah, it's how I see it. Uh, Sportsnet had the Leafs. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Defence. D. Who are you taking? Leafs or Lightning? Overall, obviously, Morgan Riley has been better, but oh, yeah. I think. Well, I think from the two D core, he's been the best player. If you took all the decor from those two teams so far this season, Morgan Wright yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, clearly been the better one. But I believe the Lightning have the overall decor uh, strength. 
for me, Lightning without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. Even with Dan Girardi on there. Sportsnet have got the Lightning. Okay. Uh, Goaltending. Andre Vasilevsky versus Freddie Anson. Who are you taking? I would say Vasilevsky all the time. Yeah, I think most people would. Uh, Sportsnet but again, have the I will say, again, yeah. Again, no. Anderson's been very, very good this year. He's been oh, he's very a good, good this he's, year. He's, he's a good He's a good goaler. There's no no lie about that. He's not Brian Elliott. I'll tell you, he's not Jay Carroll. <laughs> no. Um, but sports now have the Leafs and coach. Oh, okay, yeah. Babcock or, or Cooper. <sighs> hmm. Start. I one, think I think that's probably a much of a muchness. Ah. <sighs> I don't know. I would I would call that one. I would have that one the same. To be honest. That's fair. That's fair. They've gone for the Leafs, unsurprisingly. Oh, okay. The point yeah. I'm getting at, Dan, yeah. there might... I don't know if you're aware of this, there might be a little bit of bias God. towards the Leafs. See, did you see that fucking headline on Twitter today? Have you seen this? Uh, I, just, I don't know. This was the headline from Sportsnet. The Leafs have only got 12 years to win the Cup or the names get removed. Because, <laughs> like, they're on the last ring now or something of the Stanley that Cup. In, that fuck. intrigues me. That, see, if, I, if I'm like the coach of any... If, if I'm the coach of the Buffalo Sabres or anyone who's like a direct rival to the Leafs, I'm putting that straight up on the pinboard and that, boys. Oh, yeah. Bulletin board material, that is. Bulletin board... 12 years. But, you know, <laughs> they're writing that article now, <laughs> 12 years out from this possibly happening. Fucking that is hell. a bit of a slow, slow news day. <laughs> slow burn there, Fuck. but still, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that. In basically, in twelve years, what we're saying is that the Toronto Maple Leafs will cease to exist. Yeah, they'll just vanish from the earth. In a, in a very Fucking Thanos hell. style snapping. Snapping. Bloody hell! All right. Yeah, that is. Who are you scratching? I thought you were going to have this one. I'm scratching a story from Riverside South in Ottawa. Where Who? a uh, a Mr. Corey Cosgrove has built an outdoor rink for his kids for five years. Oh yes, yes, and yes. And this year decided to add boards along the sides to extend it a bit, and a neighbours complained. So the dads had to move the boards. He then took them away, brought them back, thinking it would be okay. And then the council or the local council has told them uh, to remove them. And <laughs> the best. The best thing I saw was a quote from one of the kids because you know what kids are like. They, trust me, Will. You will. Kids are just vicious, and we'll just tell you the truth in a second. You want the truth? Ask a child. One of the children has just said of the neighbours, "You're ruining my Christmas," <laughs> which I think is a fucking. That's a heavy quote. That's dude. cold. That's <laughs> yeah. cold, man. That's heavy. You're ruining Christmas. Look at that. And then even more amazingly was um, Ottawa Mayor. What's his name here? Uh, Jim Watson. In a fabulous PR move, whoever's Jim Watson's PR team in Ottawa deserves a pay rise because he said, well, I don't think this is right. I, I think we should have a look into the bylaws and see if we can change this. What a guy. What a guy. So I'm scratching the neighbours who complained. How dare you? Stop so ruining children's Christmases. I, I never bothered to read into this. Was it? Is it illegal for him to have the boards up, like planning permission yes, and stuff like it's that? Yes, something, yeah, something to do with the boards being up. Because he'd, he'd done it for five years, but put boards on this year to make it longer. Because obviously his kids are getting older. So that's why he did it. Yeah, it's so board, boards, boards rather than snowbanks. And obviously, yeah, one of the neighbours has complained. So that was it. 
goes without saying that neighbour's a dick. Yeah. But, like, the route for them being a knob about it, like, oh, I don't like to look at it, like, fucking don't look at it then. Like, I, I don't... I know. I don't see the, like... To me, more offensive than, you know, ice hockey boards on someone's rink, Christmas lights. Yeah. But I say, and, and guarantee they wouldn't wouldn't complain about the neighbour having Christmas lights up. It's just like... I have yeah. visions of like the, the neighbours who complained. They said it's a man and a uh, say it's a man and a wife, and the mm. wife sat there just looking out the window, seething. And she turns to her husband and she goes, "Do you know what he's done? He's put some boards up." And the husband just slowly turns to her and goes, "You fucking what? Boards? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like fucking hell. Boards on a hockey ring? How bad can it be, dude? Jesus. There we go. That's got to be like." I wonder, like, there's got to be some sort of history or vendetta or whatever. Because why it's would you be. sacrifice your your standing in the neighbourhood by doing that just to, for the sake of getting rid of someone's boards? Like, how much time are you spending looking out your fucking window anyway? I know. Like, <laughs> to me, complaining about an outdoor hockey rink in Canada is akin to in England trying to piss on the Queen or something. It's almost a hang... If they find out whose neighbours are, they might be hung. It's it's kind of almost treasonable, I believe, in Canada. I'd, I'd say that. so. I think that's fair enough. I think yeah. that's fair enough. Absolutely. I'll be frank, Dan. My neighbour across the road, their house could be on fire and I probably wouldn't notice for a while. <laughs> it's the Peter K joke when he talks about you just don't care about your neighbours anymore and they could be lying in there murdered and the milkman just keeps bringing milk and there's 17 pints of milk out there and no one ever rings the police. <laughs> Got that milk out there. What's he got? A lion? That's weird, isn't it? Like, no one ever cares. Why is he ordering all that curdled milk? Yeah, that's weird. What a weirdo. He's just lying in there dead. <sighs> we were, we were talking about neighbours earlier today. Um, <coughs> we went and signed all the papers for exchange on our house today. Exciting. Yay. So big, Willy, to, um, big, big Billy grown up over here. I know. They call me Willy property owner now. <laughs> um... We're just talking about because we're obviously moving into a new estate, brand new people, so we don't like. We're just curious about how our neighbours are going to turn out. We like we were just saying that it's pretty indicative of sort of the state of play. Not to get too too classic about it, but like we just don't want. We don't necessarily need to be mates of our neighbours. No, don't even want to see them necessarily. We just hope that they aren't fucking annoying yes. or dicks or loud or anything like that welcome to the property market my friend i know oh, this is gonna be it this is gonna be it as we've previously discussed i live in a mansion in the middle of the moors um so i don't actually have a neighbor for roughly 17 hectares hectares the good use of hectares hey another clap for you sir a fantastic Thank use you of mate. hectares there that's one of on a roll <laughs> On a roll. No, I do. I do have. I do have regular neighbours here, but um, it's a it's a sleepy village in in the arse end of Norfolk. So funnily enough, all our neighbours are very quiet. I would wager that I am top three in loudest people in the village. I can believe that, especially on that new motorbike you've got as well. God, mate, turn around doing wheelies up and down. <laughs> all right then, let's get on some news. Here's a qu- hey. Here's a question for you, Will. Have you heard about this? Here's a question. How much money 
would it take for you to stay somewhere you hate for three years? <laughs> now, normally, uh, you can't put a figure on that question, but I know somebody who can. And I think you know somebody who can well as well. I have heard of someone who um, is willing to risk it all for uh, for mental well-being and personal happiness. Yeah. Uh, which is quite contradictory to your average hockey player. Um you know, who's more more a team first kind of, kind of attitude. Um, actually, no, I'm going to scrap that. This particular player is so team first that he wants to erase his own cap hit from the team in order to free him up to extend certain players. He's the ultimate team player. Of course, we're talking He's about Patrick, gonna... uh, Patrick Berglund here. <laughs> do, like, do we know what's happened yet? I'd, what... He just didn't turn up, did he? He, turned, he, didn't, he missed... The practice. I think they were playing the Capitals, and he'd missed the practice for that and the flight. He just didn't turn up, and nobody could find him, so they just suspended him. This is it. I've, I've just heard he's he said, "Fuck this, I'm done." Yeah, see you later. He, he struggled to get onto the team, and I think. And some people are saying he's, he's seen his ass about it, but I don't know if that's the case or what. But yeah, he's he's freed up essentially twelve million dollars worth of cap space for the Sabers over the next few years. I'm I'm sure I'll be speaking for a very, very small minority of of people out there when I say, and it's probably going to be a controversial opinion here, Dan. There we go. I would happily be healthy scratched for 82 games of the season if you're paying me over $3 million a year. <laughs> just, sat, just sat in the press box getting fat, Hell, like eating ma- chicken wings and garlic bread. Match my current match my current salary, and I'll happily be scratched for an entire season. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Yeah, like I'd arguably, I'll probably take a pay cut to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know if many other people share that opinion around the world. Like, how bad of a situation do you have to be in where where he's, he's forfeiting ten million dollars? 10 million because he's, he's cleared waivers he's cleared unconditional waivers he's yeah. going to be bought out yeah, yeah I, I don't know how quickly that enacts so he's only going to earn 3 million of the 13 million dollar contract that he signed at the start of last year wasn't it or something the figure like that I heard, the, yeah the figure I heard is a, it's going to cost him around 12 well maybe that's the cap figure actually but yeah it's a lot it's, it's at least 10 million if not more that's insane L- ludicrous absolutely ludicrous like and and if it does just boil down to him not being happy with being scratched or whatever what a fucking arsehole <laughs> what because he's he shot himself in the foot because even if he thinks oh this is a good way to get out of my contract and then signs the free agent this year I, I don't know if he can sign this year when you've been bought out but whatever sign with a free agent elsewhere whenever he can nobody's going to sign you for that amount of money no Especially if you know, you've been scratched a few times and then you've you know, throw your friend your toys out of the bram and said, stuff this, I'm going home. And that's like, not if in the majorest of team sports, like we discussed about hockey being for the boys and for the team, that any general manager is going to look at him and think, well, the second I don't pick him in the team, he's going to storm off in a fucking huff. I don't want that in my locker room. So why would I bother? To be, to be fair, he probably can go to the KHL and I would imagine make similar money. But at the yeah. same time, the the stories I've heard, the very biased stories I'll give you, but the stories I've heard about life in the KHL, I think I'd probably still rather be a healthy scratch in Buffalo than uh, than playing the KHL personally. 
Yeah, I think I'd rather do that. I think I'd rather sit and do nothing and earn $12 million than work and earn $12 million. <laughs> maybe maybe that's just a show of how high a character Patrick Berglund is compared to us layabouts, but who am I to say? I guess it's one of, it is one of those sportsman things. You hear about football players doing it, don't you? That when they're subs all the time, they just want to move away and they'll they'll move to lower teams. So it's very rare that a player will even sit on the bench at the likes of United or City or Liverpool or Arsenal, and they're just happy to sit there for the rest of their careers. It doesn't really happen that much, and the players that do do yeah. it are known. So it's obviously you know it is a sports thing, isn't it? Yeah, but I get the idea of wanting to play and wanting playing play time. If you'd have handed in a trade request, request, that's one thing. But you you rarely get players who are just like, right, I'm I'm not playing, I'm not turning up. Yeah, that was the that was the really odd thing. Was just he vanished, which pff, maybe there is one, but I I can't remember a player doing that before. Not from my, not from memory, at least recently. The hockey player, yeah, I mean, there's ones that are, that will whinge and moan and, yeah, like you say, ask for trade requests and all that, but none that just don't appear and are just there. Was there. An, the only relatively similar example I can think of is when uh, Jonathan Drouin refused to report for Syracuse when he got sent down. But even then, that's a completely different kettle of fish. Yeah. And I think the fact that he, he's been put on unconditional waivers so quickly after this happening... Is sort of indicative that there might be a little bit more. You know, he might have finally decided to not bother turning up, but not before throwing an absolute paddy around the training room and just generally being an arsehole, potentially. Well, fortunately, it's one of those things we'll probably never find out, which is devastating because I'd love to know. Because, what? again, it's more exciting than actual hockey, is what goes on, be- <laughs> what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> it's one of life's great mysteries we'll just never know like how was Stonehenge created what happened with Patrick Berglund where Basically is the same thing uh, where is Lord Lucan that kind of thing who's Lord Lucan did you say who's Lord Lucan oh, I did do you want me to say it again oh okay so Lord Lucan was a very famous wealthy man um, in London a lord as his name would suggest and last name Lucan last name Lucan, and he vanished from the face of the earth after his, I want to say his wife and his nanny were found murdered at his house. And he's, no, oh, he's never been oh, found. He's never I been found. I wonder what happened there. Yeah, I wonder what happened. But it's the mystery, you know, the mystery of Lord Lucan. He disappeared from Should... the earth and never been seen again. When when was this? Oh, God. I want to say, I'm going to guess and say the ni- early 1900s, but I will find out exactly... Right now. Lord Lucan. Mm. Oh, no, sorry. It looks like he died in around the 30s. Uh, sort of, it happened around the 1930s. Anyway, oh, wow. Well, so recent enough. But, yeah, he probably just buggered off to some like Pacific Island or whatever. Just went. The thing is, yeah, if, you, if, if, if now, if one of us went back in time, you could rob a bank and then like move to just the next town over and no one would ever find you. <laughs> if you were careful enough. If you rob the bank in sort of the 1910s or something, you just move to the next town over. How are they going to find you? They never find you. No chance. No chance. No. Lord Lucan is actually still alive to this day. Yeah, he just got. In, he just ended up getting a job at Tesco or something. Well, that can't be Lord Lucan. He'd never work at Tesco, would he? He's just, he's yeah. just there scanning peas and shit. The Calgary Flames one. 
I feel, as we talked about the Buffalo Sabres at the start of the season, that they could be a sneaky good team, and they're actually a very good team. I don't think either of us mentioned the Calgary Flames, did we? Being, at one point this week, the best team in the Western Conference. Pass to the slot, picked off by Lindholm. Makes a nice play. Here's Johnny Gaudreau with the empty net. Scores! Second of the game for Gaudreau. Comes with 3.07 to go. Makes it 6-2 to two, Calgary. I think the uh, the difference between the two is um, the teams that you would have put ahead of the Sabres. Uh, you know, teams like the Leafs, Lightning, uh, the Bruins. Start of the season, you've had the Panthers. I mean, nowadays you've got like the Canadians are having a bit of a resurgence. Yeah, that they're all good teams that the Sabres have had to overcome in their own division to uh, to sort of hold on to a winning record and a particularly impressive record. I don't think you can really say the same about the Calgary Flames. The the Flames are basically the um the least smouldering tire at the top of a tire fire. And is that really that impressive? They're the least shittiest sandwich on the menu of the shit sandwiches. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. They're the sandwich with the least shit in, but they've still got shit in. To give them a let's give them a little bit of credit though. They have got some some players who are playing unbelievably well. Like Mark Giordano this year, I think is on thirty six points, thirty seven points, something like that. He's got, I'm sure he's got the most points out of any defenseman in the league. And he's got the best And and he's got you know the same number of years on this planet as he does points, I think, at this stage. <laughs> yeah. He's got the best plus minus from any defenseman. He plays against the best he's you know, he's the best uh, playing against the best players every night, he's not sort of hiding on the second line or anything like that. He's the top he's guy. He's just the best, the best penalty killer. I don't know. He's he's playing awesomely. Bizarrely, good, two good player about Giordano. Yeah, and bizarrely, the big save, big save, Dave, Dave Rick there, <laughs> with his eleven three and one record. The Flames playing awesome shorthanded. I think nine shorthanded goals, and all this carrying. Mike Smith and James Neal. Imagine if they were good. <laughs> Imagine if James Neal had more than seven points so far this year. Seven, still seven points. Yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> He's just having a slump. Just having a slump. Just having a slump. I'm what sure by the end 30? of the year he'll be at 10. <laughs> is he 32 now? 31? Uh, 32? 31, I think. Yeah, you never, you never get goal-scoring forwards break into their 30s and forget how to score, do you? So I'm sure he'll get back, right back on track. Right back on track. (laughs) (laughs) And then players are performing. Like, top line's really good. Gaudreau, Lindholm, and uh, Jenny Gaudreau's got 45 points, Lindholm's 37, Makachuk's got 40 points, Sean Monaghan's got six consecutive 20-goal seasons. Like we say at the start of every year, just just get get into the playoffs, you never know. Get on a hot streak. That's all you need. There's still something about the Flames, though, that just... I don't know, I feel a bit like a paper tiger. You know what I mean? Like, I just... But they could have that They know. could have that route that the Vegas had last year. Is that everyone's mm. looking at Winnipeg and Nashville and they just kill each other. And here come the Calgary Flames. Th- do, 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 do. Just, <laughs> we'll just sneak by. You've, you've killed each other. Thanks for that. We'll just pick up the bones. I, I wonder if this is going to be sort of the precedent that... You know, the team that comes out of the Pacific is is going to have a better chance of of getting there and going all the way. 
like while while Vegas might not have um, set a trend for what they're going to do as a team, maybe they've set a trend for what the Pacific Division are going to do. Yeah. Like if you get one team that that spanks it in the Pacific, like Vegas did last year, like Calgary are doing at the moment, and may continue to do so. Yeah, maybe this is going to be it. Like if if the Pacific somehow become like a really dominant division, like sent in in the sense of sending teams to the Cup final every year solely because the Central Division is just destroying each other before they even get there. It could be the same with the Metro and the Atlantic, couldn't it? Is it? You look at like Toronto's got to play Lightning. Lightning got to play the Bruins. Bruins got to play the Canadians. They've got to play the Sabers, and they're just killing each other every every other night. And you think, but and then when you get to the playoffs as well, it ramps up even more. And half the half the players on every team, it seemed like we're just playing with you know just playing with dead players. And here come the Caps or the Pens for the past two years. And they just yeah, see you later. We'll just we'll just skate past you because you're all dead. I, I don't know, but like. At the moment, at least, like the Penguins and the Capitals are still good teams. Uh, Columbus is still a good team. Yeah, but I feel like it's not. Uh, I feel like it's not. This this could be a um, maybe because I'm a Bruins fan or something. I, I feel this way or not. I don't know, but I feel like the Lightning, the Leafs, the Bruins, the Canadians. There's more real needle there. Whereas I feel that even with say the Islanders are playing the Rangers or something, it never feels like it's a rough and tough kind of game. It never feels like it's a let's go out and hurt them kind of game. I don't know if that's just me because that's, you know, like I say, because I'm a Boston fan, I don't know, but I feel like that happens with, that's like a difference between the Metro and the Atlantic, is that one seems to have more, I don't want to say violence, but you know what I mean. They're more intent on trying to hurt each other as well. Hmm. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> An enthralling point there. Thanks. Just, just boring me. Um, even even without like the um, pugnacity of of these teams, I, I do think. Uh, you know, I th- I think that there are better teams coming out of the metro than there are coming out of the Pacific. So as like a comparison. Yeah. And and then comparing the Pacific to the Atlantic, like the Atlantic, the the bottom draw teams are still far better than the Metro which yeah. I think is a, is a real difference yeah no you're right you're right it's going to be it's going to be interesting like it's it's going to in some ways even out the playing field but not necessarily in the right way like it's always going to cheapen any success that these these minnows from from sort of weaker divisions have just where the better teams have beaten each other to a pulp earlier in the in the playoffs, which brings yeah, us I back think... to to the think... the issue that a lot of people have with the playoff format at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I think it will. I think this season will show that as well. If this is actually, if this does become a thing, it will be noticeable this year because it's Nashville, Winnipeg, unbelievable, the Lightning, the Leafs, the Sabers. I think now the Bruins have got Bergeron and Chara on the way back. They will push on. So I think this season we'll we'll see for sure if that is actually a thing. It's just it ends up being detrimental that you're in that division at that time, at this time of, of your career. But we'll see. Speaking of, see here's it. Actually, I've got a segue for this one. Speaking of toughness, sometimes it's nice to see players go out on the ice, stick up for the team, get into a little fight there. How would you feel, Will, if? Two of your players are fighting each other. 
because I watched the I've watched actually I've actually watched the St. Louis Blues play twice in the past couple of weeks. They played the Canucks a few weeks ago when they lost six one, and I'm just going to cut up my thesaurus here because I feel like I need the right word to describe their performance. So if I just go to thesaurus.com, they the Blues were yeah they were fucking shite. I then watched them again against the Flames on Sunday and they lost seven two. And if I can just consult thesaurus.com again, they were again fucking shite. So of course, Roberto Bertuzzi and Zach Sanford getting having a little practice game and they start fighting each other. How would you feel, Will, if this was your team? <laughs> like people always write off a teammate fight as like, oh yeah, they were doing battle drills, you know, the things were just getting a bit intense and heated. It's like it's just fucking I, I saw someone Equating it in um, sort of stars terms because as much as you know, I know the I know the names of of St Louis players. I don't necessarily know. I don't go for any team in the league like the actual sort of individual makeup of the player. Like I don't necessarily know what type of player Zach Sanford is. Yeah, but I had someone equate it to players that I do understand, and it's basically like Bortuzzo being a big goony D man fighting a very much not fighty forward. Yeah, it's just like, what's what's the fucking point? What is the point? Like, that is, that's not a positive thing. Like, people try and try and spin it as a oh, it's passion for the game and stuff. Like, no, that is not. That's not a good thing. If you've got your big meaty forwards beating up the players that they're meant to, you know, back in the day would have been there to protect. That's just the sign of an absolutely lost and toxic dressing room. To me, that's more of an indicator that you need to to rebuild or ship some people out than anything that you see on the ice. Which is the chat, isn't it? Is that the rumour is, is that Tarasenko's being not shopped around, but they're maybe putting out some feelers. What would we get well, back? They're, they're listening to offers on anyone and everyone who's, who's on the Blues roster, aren't they? Yeah. Which is... That's a pretty quick turnaround, isn't it? To be in the best team that... You know, the, the team that won the off-season this year to less than 40 games in ship everybody out this is this isn't working like how do you turn it around that quickly that is nigh on impressive I know and then we talked about Craig Berube being in there and you thought they'd have them fighting and they well to be fair they are fighting more now aren't they just <laughs> absolutely just each absolutely. other unfortunately it's, just, it's mi- misdirected energy <laughs> dude they were terrible those two games they were awful they were really that awful. Bad. Yeah, man, they were terrible. I, f- I feel like watching the Blues at the moment must be like watching um, Chicago, uh, not Chicago, um, Colorado, a couple of years ago when they were historically bad. I remember it is, seeing, it um, is unbelievable, like you say, that we, everyone said. I said it. I said, "Wow, they can. They're really going to push on this year, and be, they can be a force." No, I was very, very wrong. I think. To an extent, this is more of a shock than Vegas were last year. Not to say that Vegas wasn't a shock, but there was at least an element of of unknown with Vegas of, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. This is just like, how does it even happen? Yes, this is a team that had been very good for a number of seasons. Add even more good players, and you think, right, we're only trending in the right direction. And it's not even necessarily like this bad start is is down solely to goaltending. Like the bad goaltending hasn't helped, 
but it's just been terrible from the goalie out. Like everyone has been shite. Well, as you saw, as we've mentioned, I think a few weeks ago with like Yaro Halak, it turns out you put a decent decoy in front of him or a decent team in front of him. Oh, his stats suddenly get a bit better. So it's not all like you say. Yeah, I agree. It's not all on the goaltender. It's not fair because they've just been terrible as a team. Some of those, oh my god, some of those flames. I think this. I think the flames are up four 0 after the first. I think two of those goals were absolutely embarrassing. I mean, just <laughs> and I can't even. I just remember sitting there going, "Oh no, you've not just done." Oh my god, that's awful. That's just awful. Oh, god, they're so bad. They're so bad. It's crazy. And you got Tarasenko sitting there in interviews afterwards, just apologising. He just, um, I'm, I am very sorry for the fans. I apologise deeply. It's, it's good. Like the the Rangers chose to send out a letter to apologise to their fans and say they're going into a rebuild. But the the Blues are cutting out the middleman, trying to be a bit more um, carbon neutral, just by having their players saying, "Yeah, sorry, we're <laughs> shit." I'm surprised that Sanko didn't say afterwards, I am available for trade, please call my agent. <laughs> Let's just get the package together. Thank you. And then, God, mate. and then, even worse, this is what really, if I was a Blues fan, this is what would really grind my gears. A few days after the fight, as you mentioned earlier, Barkley the dog suddenly appears. <laughs> It was a busy weekend for the St. Louis Blues' new puppy. The team announced his name at Friday's game. His name is Barkley, after the late Blues great Barkley Plager. What a great name. Barkley the dog appears, and everything's just happy and fluffy and nice and lovely. And it's a great thing, because they're training the dog up to be... Oh my God, what do they call it? You know, like a companion dog for somebody who's got a disability or something, isn't it? Is that right? A service dog. Yeah. So that's lovely. That's great. But And then he's on the ice. He's playing with the players and the players are all having a good time with this dog. Those players don't deserve a puppy. They needed a... They, they should have got a polar bear on the ice. Or a griffin. Or something like that. To just... They don't deserve a dog. This dog's beautiful. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. He's just trotting around the ice, running around with someone's stick. Oh god, it's so cute. No, I'm sorry. This would annoy the hell out of me if I was a Blues fan. How dare those yeah, players I, get a puppy? I don't know. Maybe it's to to rehabilitate the um, the sort of the atmosphere in the dressing room. Like, right, let's have a let's have a reset. Let's get a dog in here. Let's cheer everybody up. I know some of you were victim to uh, to were witness to some rather nasty incidents last week, and uh, yeah, we just need to to bring your mental well being back to back to base. I, I can't believe it. Every team now, every team needs a reset dog. I love that idea. Chicken dog reset dog. Lost four in a row. Get the dog out of there. There's like a every any team that starts off terrible to the season. There's just a dog in a glass case in case of emergency. Break glass. Get reset dog. It's okay. We've got the reset dog. Everything's gonna be fine. It's okay. I knew we were meant to put air holes in this glass. Yeah, if it was a sense, Melna could have been harvesting the dog already. Like, yes, give me the beautiful reset. <laughs> oh, reset oh, dog. Mate. I love the idea of a reset dog. <laughs> well, yeah, those players don't deserve a puppy. I said on Twitter, they deserve a bath full of spiders. That's what they deserve. Shambles. But I don't Shambles. think that's going to help. It's not going to help, Dan. Like, yeah, if you're already in a... 
Shouldn't help. <laughs> they need to feel more pain and misery. They need to hit real time. It's meant to make them even worse. Yeah. They, uh, they don't even have their first round pick this year, do they? No, it's it's top ten protected. Oh yeah, I've got it. So almost got, like almost like Armstrong News was coming. Didn't we say? We said in our preview at the start that we laughed and said, "Well, they've they've protected it," which was just we just laughed our heads off. Why would you protect that pick? That's so dumb. A, a wow. waste of ink. But there you go. Here you go. That's why you do it. That's why you That's do why it. You I never know. That's why he's a GM. And we get to laugh at them and then reset dog. And oh, see, see, we're laughing at. Would would you say, Dan, that the St. Louis Blues can laugh at anybody? <laughs> no, not at all. No, it, exactly. It's been less than a year. It's been less than a year. That's a fantastic point. Here you go. See, it's nice, it's nice that we can um, come circle to back agreement. around. Yeah, yeah, we can circle, circle back, back around, around and find an answer to our question. There you go. You had it inside you all along, Dan. It's true. Just Staring you in the face. Find it. Yeah. So then, Eugene Melnick is being sued for a billion dollars. Oh <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah. You that's, don't know this? That's not true. No, I don't know this. I feel like I've missed all... I was, I was doing a bit of prep today. I was like, I feel like nothing's happened. And clearly lots of things have happened. But I just haven't noticed. So, on the last show we did, I told you that he was suing his former partner in this new Labrette and Flats project where they were going to build a new arena, and Mr. Yes. John Ruddy, as we discussed, a former... I was, I was thinking him, uh, like, uh, suing, like, his old girlfriend or something. No. <laughs> so he's suing the blood bank. for, for Suing his, his former lover. His weekly supply. Uh, yeah, he's suing his former partner in this Labrette and Flats project, John Ruddy, for $700 million, as I said last time. So, John Ruddy... Reasonable. Yes, and uh, Trinity Development are countersuing Eugene for more than a billion dollars. And the uh, the NCC, which I forgot to write down, it's something like the National Capitalist something? Anyway, has decided to terminate the project. So the Sens are literally back to square one in looking for a new arena. This oh project now is not going to happen at all, which I know Bettman will be delighted about as he mentioned at the board of governors meeting that he was a bit annoyed that this kind of thing was dragging and blah 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 anyway this billion dollar lawsuit is amazing because i need to i'm going to just read this um, verbatim because i wrote all this down because I, I you know with law stuff you think oh i know what that means but you, you really don't you just have to so pay attention so melnick and capital sports management who he owns sued his partners for $700 million. The defence for that has characterised Melnick and his company as arbitrary and malicious, engaging in reprehensible misconduct that departs to a marked degree from ordinary standards of decent behaviour. Basically calling Melnick a twat. That's what they're saying. Melnick didn't want to pay... Yeah. Melnick, they're they're saying that Melnick at no point wanted to pay for this arena. He also didn't want to pay 50% of the application fee, which this Trinity development paid. Melnick said in October, apparently this is, again, this is on the, 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 the statement of defence. Melnick proposed in October that Trinity Development and John Ruddy spend $500 million to build the event centre and then Melnick would rent it from them. <laughs> How much for, Will, every year? How much was Eugene Melnick proposing to rent this building from this company that's paid $500 million to build for a year 
<laughs> what was well, he willing to pay in rent per year? Um, Eugene expects to live for a further million years, so I would imagine $500 a year. One dollar a year. No. Yes. Melnick <laughs> said he wanted this other company that he was partners with to pump $500 million into this events arena and he was going to pay a dollar a year in rent. Trinity, as you can imagine, called this plan commercially unreasonable. <laughs> Which I'd have to agree with. Yeah, they got a point. I, I think, yeah, I can see yeah. where they're coming from with that. Yeah. And, and they made the point that it's fair to them to, to say that CSMI, Malnick's group, is not financially sound. And then the proposal would have had Trinity Development, the other company, take over responsibility of financing the arena, and then in turn, Malnick's company would give up any stake in profits from the development. Which essentially is Malnick's way of saying, you pay for it, but that's actually, yeah, you pay for it, but you can keep like the profits. Which is just unbelievable. A dollar a year. Buy the new arena. Now, here's something as well, before you obviously make your points about this, is that I need to talk to... I've got a friend who is a Crown Prosecutor. So I ask him... Whenever I've got legal questions, I always like fire these over to him. I need to ask him. And this is what I assume would happen, but again, I don't know. If Melnick loses this claim, does he literally have to fork over a billion dollars to this other company? Is that how it works? No, like cancels out. So where he's been sued for seven hundred million, and then he's countersuing, or bit sorry, he's suing for seven hundred mil. He's being countersued for a billion. He'll only actually have to pay three hundred dollars because it just cancels. Three hundred well, three hundred million, three hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars, which you'll pay oh, okay. in yearly rent of one dollar per year. <laughs> I just thought it would be that whoever won, they got theirs paid. So if the billion dollar guy wins, well, no, that's it. He's got to pay a billion dollars. Oh no, I'm I'm absolutely making it up. I'm chatting the the most breeze that has ever been chatted. Yeah, I, I actually have to pay a billion dollars unless he wins a seven hundred million dollar suit. Then yeah, it would cancel out. But I don't feel you can win both. No. That. And I'll tell you what, like, there are some people now in Ottawa who are praying this goes through because if Melvis got a hand over a billion dollars, you can say goodbye to that team. I feel like he doesn't even have a billion dollars, though. Like, go on, you give me thoughts on this, and I'll look up. I'll look up Eugene's uh, wealth. Isn't it super? I, I don't know if you're familiar, Dan, with um, the phenomenon, the the technological phenomenon that has developed over the last uh, yeah in the, in the digital age, what's commonly known as Nigerian scam emails. <laughs> <laughs> I am aware of the Nigerian scam email. Yes. <laughs> so for me, this feels like so. What what Eugene's done is he's gone to to John Rally, esteemed esteemed goalkeeper, um, and he said, "Right, do you want to do you want to build this like development? We're gonna have bare shit on it. It's gonna be fucking quality. Are you in?" John Rally's gone. Yeah, all right, huge. Let's uh let's crack on. Um. And Eugene has then turned around and said, "Right, yeah, I I really want to build this with you, but you're gonna to have to like pay up front for it. Like you're gonna to have to pay all out for it. If you got that in an email saying I have this great 
property opportunity. <laughs> you just have to front me five hundred million dollars for it. That's that's what would be commonly referred to as a Nigerian scam email. Exactly. For, for me, like this is just Eugene finally admitting, like I don't have. He's 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 bankrupt in one of two ways, Dan. He's either bankrupt, bankrupt, where he genuinely can't afford to do this sort of thing. And gen- you know, let alone building it, he can't afford to engage in reasonable business practice. <laughs> yeah. He just he can't even afford the rent on an arena, let alone developing an entire sort of plot around it. Or he's just so morally bankrupt beyond the organ harvesting, blood sucking, um, human trafficking side of it. Reset dog murdering. That, um, <laughs> that, that he just like has no scruples whatsoever. And I mean, he was a relatively unscrupulous man beforehand, but now he's just gotten to the point where he's like, fucking whatever, mate. You build me an arena. I'll pay you a dollar a year, whatever. What are you going to do? I'm Eugene fucking Melnick, mate. <laughs> a dollar a year. It's, I like it. <laughs> I like it. It's so impressive. That can, uh, that can buy you one. Ah, um... oh, shit, who is it? Who is that player who got sold for a dollar? It's not Darcy Tucker. Not Chris Mueller. Oh. He was like on Red Wing. Who went yeah. on to, to... Chris Draper. Is it Chris, Chris Draper? Draper? Yeah. yeah, it was, wasn't it? You could... Yeah, you could... he's offering one Chris Draper a year. And Chris Draper was a good player. So I think it's a reasonable offer from, from Eugene. I hope in what happened was was that John Ruddy and Eugene sat down in a boardroom together and John Ruddy said, so what's your proposal, Eugene? Eugene said, if you pay $500 million to build this arena, I'm going to give you this much rent. And he writes it down on a piece of paper and just slides it across the table. <laughs> and then John Ruddy looks at it and looks at Eugene and it just goes over the table at him. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. Or like he, he slides in like a brown envelope, like I'll give you the contents of this brown envelope <laughs> every year, every year, John, if you build this for me. There you go. And it's just like one crumpled up dollar bill. <laughs> He's looking at the envelope thinking, oh, it's really flat. Maybe there's a check in there for $10 million or something. I don't know. I know, a dollar. Some of those quotes are no. What amazing. what what Eugene's done in that envelope? Sorry, before we move on, he's put no, in. Sorry, you know those little plastic things that you get in like a takeaway pizza box to keep your uh, keep <laughs> your pizza box up, right? <laughs> he's slip slip one of them in there. He's like, oh, <laughs> let's have a look. Arbitrary, malicious. Engaging in reprehensible misconduct that departs to a marked degree from the ordinary standards of decent behaviour. You're not even capable of decent behaviour. And you're so far behind decent behaviour, you're reprehensible. <laughs> They're commercially un the plan is commercially unreasonable. Get no shit. <laughs> oh I love it. It's I, so easy. I hope. I hope he never leaves I... this league, ever. I love I love him. He's just absolute Comedy gold. When when the Senators finally moved to Hamilton, Ontario, <laughs> um, and they erect a new new stadium there, I want there to be a like a, a section, yeah, you know, like like your your Ring of Honor or whatever, yeah, you know, your 
your sort of hallway of you know, your personal team hall of fame, like the Eugene Melnick section, and that quote is up there word for word, chipped into marble and like filled with gold. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all there is. Oh, fabulous. He is the um, living embodiment of Richard Nixon's head in a jar from Futurama. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what word just popped into my head? I think he's an uh, he's an absolute shyster, isn't he? <laughs> an absolute shyster. Oh, I love it. I love it. He's great. And I just checked as well. He is apparent as of as a, according to Wikipedia last year, he's worth one point two billion dollars. Oh, that's, it sounds like he'd be bankrupt, but from from that um, from being sued for a billion dollars, but he wouldn't. He'd still have two hundred million. Yeah, but that's one, those, that's one of those situations where you suddenly realise, oh my god, I've got to sell my seventeen bedroom penthouse, and now I've got to live in a third floor eight bedroom apartment. I'm going to kill myself. That you like you see sometimes that. Just incredibly wealthy people just can't cope with losing even sixty percent of their wealth, and they just go crazy and kill the whole family. I can see, like, I can see that happening for sure. I feel, I feel like Eugene always lands on his feet though. He could, he could like end up completely homeless. They're not homeless, completely like bankrupt, like genuinely not a penny to his name, and it'd all just fall into place for him. You might be right. But yeah, I'm keeping an eye on this story because I think it's fascinating. And I will ask, I will ask my friend, you must, I, I will try to remember next week, I will ask him what happens with this suing, counter-suing. Does he just have to give them a billion dollars worth of assets if he loses? Can you do a payment plan? I'll give you 20 grand a year for the next uh, a thousand years off, or whatever it is. I don't know. Christ. Just fabulous. Just fabulous. Oh shit, hang on, hang on. Sorry, doorbell. One second. Oh, do I this time? Oh, I'm back. I've got an envelope here, Will. Shall I open it on air? Shall I open it now, live? I yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you should. I think okay. you should. You had me go for a minute. <gasps> oh my god, it's my Ryan Reeves autographed picture, Will. That's so cool. <sighs> I'm going for <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate. What do you think of Ryan Reeves signing pictures of the Tom what Wilson do you here? <laughs> fucking think I think about it, Dan. What do you think I think about it? I think that you think <sighs> it's marketing genius, Will. That's what I'm I think. Too, you think. too tired for this. Fuck you now. Tell me you, tell me you don't think this. Tell I don't know. I'm, this is bad, isn't it? Come on. Unfortunately, even the comedian contrarian in me um, can't disagree with you, and that this is a stupendously bad idea. Stupendously it's distasteful. Bad. It is distasteful. Yeah, it's a very bad idea to do that. To to be fair, Reeves did later on come to his senses and say, "Nah, could you get rid of those? Actually, because I don't really feel comfortable with that." So so yeah props to him but oh my god like but on the other side of it Will I did laugh so there is that <laughs> but everything's alright if it makes you laugh which is fair enough but I, I can't mean, lie I can't lie to the people or to you Will as I, I did laugh my ass off when I saw that 
and I think it's a hard one to, to risk making myself look like an idiot and contradicting myself. You compare it to that famous shot of Arlie, is he standing over Sugar Ray Leonard? Is it He's... Sugar Ray Leonard? No, Whoever Sonny, it is. Sonny Liston. It's Sonny Liston. Sonny Liston. There you go. The iconic, yeah, you close your eyes think of Muhammad Ali. That's the yep. photo that you're seeing. And in in a lot of ways, it's the same. Because, you know, Reeves is standing over over a, a, a felled opponent who has a concussion, has, you know, an injury, has been injured by the act that Reeves has done. And to be fair, like Sonny Liston probably had a concussion. He probably had far worse from yeah. from what Ali had. And that's an iconic image. Yet the image of Reeves in his position is distasteful. Now, I'd say while they are similar and it does sort of draw an element of hypocrisy, I think the fact that... I'm having a nice little argument with myself here. Dan, I'm, I'm glad you came along to watch. That's um, The fact that Reeves was... Or at least Liston versus Ali was consensual. Both parties consented to engage in physical combat, hand-to-hand combat, uh, and knew the knew the inherent risks. Wilson was still cheap shotted by Reeves, which led to his injuries. And then to revel in a cheap shot, I think, is is the real issue with it. Yeah, I agree. I do agree. And only on this it's, podcast will you hear the comparison of Muhammad Ali versus Sonny Liston to Ryan Reeves versus Tom Wilson. <laughs> basically the same thing, really. Yeah, it's essentially the same thing. But no, I do agree. It is a, It was a very silly thing to do. I couldn't... When I saw it, I could not believe it. It just fur, further perpetuating the madhouse. And, and at the same time, Dan, as, as we've said... Time and time again, here we are, what, 10 days later, two weeks later, whatever it is. I haven't even thought about that for at least eight days. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought exactly. about any of that. Time moves on. I couldn't care less. I know. Tom Wilson was in a fight last night, wasn't he, with Jamie Alexiak? Oh, but he beat the fucking I know shit he did. out of Jamie Alexiak. I know he did. He fucking and, murdered him. If there's one thing that Jamie Alexiak can do on the hockey rink, it's beat the shit out of people. That was shocking. Shocking. Jamie, Jamie Alexiak has been one of the few people that I've seen in a hockey fight that has made my stomach turn a little bit. When he, uh, yeah, when he fought Nick Delorier when Delorier was still playing for the Sabres. Oh, um, gosh, shout, yeah. That is, that is a fight because Alexiak has maybe seven inches on Delorier and he's punching down on the back of his helmet uh, yeah. at the back of his head. Delorier goes down, you just see Alexiak turn and his hand is covered in blood from where he's been punched. It was like, oh mate, that is that is a bit much. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Christ. Like an ent stepping on a hobbit. Get out. Basically, right, fantasy boy. Calm down. There you go. How are you, you going to segue from there? No idea. So, Dave Hackstall, officially, after being. After, fucking hell, I'm sure he must have read the headline, Hackstall out, Quenville in, while he's on the plane back from a game, sat behind fucking, or in front of Chuck Fletcher, thinking, wait, what? And then it came out that, actually, no, 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 he's not, he's not gone. He's not gone. He's definitely here. He is not gone. And then two days later, he's definitely gone. 
He's not here. He is absolutely gone. This was comedy capers for a while there. And all apparently brought about because, and I say this a lot on here, Dave Haxtell, the fucking balls on this guy, wanting Chuck Fletcher to go out there and give him a vote of confidence, which Chuck Fletcher wouldn't do. After Haxtell had lost, I think he'd won three out of 14 games or something. That is... um. That's shooting yourself in the foot there if you're uh, if you're Dave Axtell because if you want your boss to give you a vote of confidence, as we all know in sports, especially us football fans, once you've got the vote of confidence from the owner, you've basically got a month to pack your stuff and get out of town. Yeah, it's the dreaded vote of confidence. You don't want the vote of confidence. Oh, yeah, you don't want that. Not at all. Dan, Dan what you missed out in those comedy capers that you listed off was um, the incredible moment where the Flyers were stating that Dave Haxtell had not been sacked. He was still very much part of the team. While, um, I don't, I can't remember the assistant coach's name, but an assistant coach was taking practice and Haxtell was nowhere to be found in his own team's <laughs> training session. Yeah, I forgot about that. Definitely still our coach. <laughs> Definitely still. He's just not here. Him and Patrick Bergeland, they're off working some stuff out. But uh, Dave Haxtell, 100% still our coach. They're on the island in Lost. They're on a plane together somehow and it crashed. Do you, do you think that there's been such miscommunication around the whole Flyers coaching situation that it's actually bled into the organisation and even they thought they had hired Joel Quinneville, which is why they sacked Haxtell and then it turned out that he wasn't interested. So uh, they're, they're sitting there like, oh, fuck, what have we done? I can't remember the... One of the beat reporters was the first guy to break it, wasn't he? And I can't—I I saw his name, but I can't remember it. But he's obviously got it from somewhere. Unless he was just taking a punt after they lost again. And he just thought, fuck it. They must be getting rid of him now, surely. I'll just say they are. And then it'll just move it along. And it'll look like I've broken the story. But... I don't know. He, he doubled down on the whole no smoke without fire thing. Like he said, you know, um, oh, who's in a, someone was in a similar situation. They said, look, I was wrong, but I was told this, so shut up. Yeah, recently, Some wasn't of, it? Someone for the Senators, I think. Someone yes. Senator-related, Senator-adjacent. Yes. But yeah, I, 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 think, I think there would have been murmurings about the Flyers getting queued, but like anyone who gets rid of their coach now is going to be... You know, all you need to hear is the GM say, oh, I'd like to get queued. And then you can just report, oh, Flyers hiring Joel Quinneville imminent you know what yeah, I mean right. like yeah for sure it's, as, long it's like as, saying, as long as he's out there that's it isn't it There's, forget it that's the headline yeah. every time absolutely like Toronto Maple Leafs planning trade for Conor McDavid like it's yeah everyone wants to trade for Conor McDavid it doesn't mean it's going to happen you won't talk about it but yeah yeah, no smoke about fire, think, but the fire might not be that powerful. I think it's smoke. pretty clear as well that if Cranville wanted to be working, he would be. Simple as that, isn't it? I just don't think he wants to at the moment. He'd, yeah. and, and Because fair, any team that's recently fired their coach would have hired him in a second. Why wouldn't you? And and for me, if I'm quite a bit old, like, I, I don't necessarily want to join a team that's firing their coach halfway through the season. No. Because you've got to have been pretty shite so far, and yeah, you, know, you can be the best coach in the world, but you've got to have pretty strong faith in your ability that you can turn around a team that bad. Not the Flyers specifically, but a team, any team bad enough to get rid of their coach. 
to then do some damage. I think it's interesting as well that, obviously, aside from the Blackhawks, but I'm pretty sure every team, unless my memory's wrong, every team that's fired their coach so far, they're all interim replacements, aren't they? There's none. Uh, Is that right? No, Colleton's got like a three-year contract. No, 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 but I said, yeah, apart from the Blackhawks, because he's not going to go back there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Miles away. Yeah, he's not going to go back there. So everyone else, though... So I think it's yeah, maybe it's just Willie a... Barube, whoever's in charge at Philly now. Um, is that it? That's it, isn't it? I thought there was someone else. I feel like there oh, is. Oilers, is Oilers, it? Hitchcock. Oh shit! Yeah, fucking Hitch. So I wonder if it's going to be like I like the idea. It's going to be maybe, and by the end of the season, you know, at the end of the season, there'll definitely be some more firings. It's going to be like a six or seven, maybe a six or seven team. Oh my god! I've just realised what Quebec going to do. Oh, go on. He's going to do a Tavares. He's going to get them all in a room. <laughs> I'm thinking of these six teams. And he's going to sit them all down and say, what can you do for me? And he's going to do it as a fucking coach. How about that? And then Philly are going to play the um, Islanders role. I mean, like, we, were, we, were, we were here for you first. <laughs> do, you, do you want to... We're we'll just having a look. See what, see what Joel's up to. Which team? Which team is going to be the it was just nice to be invited team? Uh, oh, LA. I was going to say LA. I was going to say LA. Either either LA or St. Louis. I feel like Cranville's too hockey to go and live in the sun. <laughs> I feel he's. He's got. He's got to be cold wherever he's he is. He's got to be cold. Yeah. He needs a bubble hat. Oh, he's like, oh fuck this. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm not wearing a vest. Are you mad? <laughs> to, to, to contradict that, um, the Panthers as a as a sneaky. Destination mm-hmm. for, for Q. Why not? How about Detroit when Steve Eisman goes there next year? <sighs> yeah, but they're not going to turn around that quickly. Why would you go and coach a bunch of shit players? I suppose. Yeah, but they wouldn't be shit if he was there. That's the, pl- <laughs> That's the point, isn't it? They play better. The idea is they play better if he's there and he gets to rebuild that team, in theory. I'll, I'll tell you now, I think... That decor is a is a turd that has been polished so much that it's just slop on the ground now, <laughs> and it still doesn't look any better. In fact, it probably oh. looks worse. I don't like the word slop. That's a bad word. Slop, like especially when thinking about poo. That's horrible. All right then, let's do a couple of quick things. Did you see Liam Kirk in the fucking New York Times? I I saw. I still haven't read it, but I saw it existed. And um, Kirky's taken over, mate. Time man of the year, Liam Kirk. Um, <laughs> sports personality of the year, Liam Kirk. New next president of the United States, Liam Kirk. What more yeah. do you want? The sky's the limit for this boy. I read the article. It was very. It was exactly what you'd expect. It was exactly what you'd expect. Oh my god, a boy from Sheffield living in Canada. Cool, what are the differences? <laughs> you know. Oh my god, he's English, but he's playing hockey. What? It was all that kind of thing. What's the uh, what's wild. the biggest difference about living in Canada? You found him. Well, I can't get a good cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what they had? I'm suddenly I, from Birmingham. They had yeah. I was gonna say they had the classic. Yeah, he, he has to go to the local British run shop to get his English treats <laughs> picture, and it was him stood next to a big thing of Jaffa cakes. <laughs> oh mate, classic. Oh, the chocolate over his shit. Um. Yeah, I can't get Twinings. Uh, nah, I bet he's a PG Tips boy, isn't he? Maybe Yorkshire Tea. 
Come on, Will. Jesus. Nah, nah. York City's too good. I reckon he's probably just like... He's from... He plays in Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, but still, I reckon I reckon he doesn't drink Yorkshire tea. I swear to God, I'm going to tweet him after this show and ask him. Kirk, you Kirk, like... what? <laughs> what tea do you like? I'm going to do a one-man poll. <laughs> Liam, can you vote in this poll for me? Is it Yorkshire tea? PG tea? Blah, blah, blah. I bet you only choose Lucas Aid Sport, didn't he? Probably. Gatorade or something. What about Tetley? Tetley's a bit of a northern thing, isn't it? Yeah, Tetley's proper northern. Tetley's proper shit, though, isn't it? It's not great. I tell you what's more northern is just buying, like, Asda's own. Or, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, mate. He gets Asda's smart price tea bag shipped in. <laughs> By the crate. It's like $10 for, like, a crate of 1000 <laughs> you just can't replicate the the taste of of tea cut with soil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Mate, I wonder what like. I do. I'd love to see what what Koki does. What old Liam, old Lum. What uh, what his life's like. I know it must be. He said as well that he uh, obviously driving on the other side of the road was a weird thing at first. Yeah, but they mentioned well, they mentioned in the article that. that he was already getting he was already getting more things proposed to him and given to him than other players in his position. He'd already been outfitted by one of the um, oh Christ, one of the equipment companies. I think or two of the oh. equipment companies had already gone to him and said, "We will give you our equipment if you sort of stay with us." Essentially, because that's the same, isn't it? That's it's a smart move. You would. And it's a bit of a shame, really, because let's be quite frank, it's not on merit. He's playing really well in the OHL, much better than I thought he would be. But he's still not one of the best players in, in the OHL. No, no, no all. not at all. Not at all. And it's, it is purely just based off the fact that he's English. Yeah. And that's, you know, it, it makes sense from like an advertising and like a, you know, jumping on his PR sort of thing for whoever it is, Bauer or CCM, like. For for people to to cash in on that, but it is still a bit like. I th- I think, I'd, I'd worry that he realizes that you know what I mean, and like I think for a lot of people that could get you down a little bit and think oh I'm just a I'm just a side show when really he is actually a, a good hockey player. Well, no, because if he, if he just suddenly starts appearing in. Fucking like fur coats and all that kind of shit. Instead sort of just putting in the minutes. I'm an English star, baby. Starts wearing it right. out with John glasses. <laughs> yeah. But he's playing well though. He's doing okay. And I agree with you, he's he's doing better than I thought he would be. Which I guess is but, maybe a maybe well clearly a slight on us in that we didn't think he'd adapt that quickly, but he has done, so I think it's about not having any benchmark. Like let's let's not let's not yeah, true. make any bones about it. Like this this kid, he did well, but he only had fourteen points in in the elite league last year in like thir- not thirty like forty odd games or something. Yeah, playing full five minutes, so it's just hard. To, it's unprecedented. We've got nothing to compare it to, and it's his first year of Canadian hockey. Uh, Arguably the first year of playing against his peers who were on the same level to him. So while you know the players he was playing against in the elite league might have been a similar skill level, they'd have been more um, 
more physically developed than him. They're, they're all adults who've played in a lot of, have a lot of pro league experience. So they've got that advantage over him. Like this is the first truly fair test of Liam Kirk's abilities. And so far he's passing with flying colours. For sure. Hey, speaking of colours, Will, oh my God. Oh, hit me with it, Dad. Have you seen the uh, the puck for the outdoor game, the Winter Classic, the colour changing puck? Oh, oh, what? The, oh, yeah, the one that's got that like like the beer can thing. It changes from purple to clear depending on the temperature, so the refs know to change the puck. That's fucking genius. But it's just a it's just a logo on the puck, isn't it? It's not the they're not, not the rocking out there with a per, purple a clear puck. puck. <laughs> Scrambling for the puck there, no one can see it. (laughs) Not only is this puck so warm that it's melting the ice, but we actually can't see it to get it off the ice. But I brought this this up a bad idea because they're missing a trick. Because Will, do you know about global hypercolor t-shirts from back in the day? Global what? Sorry. Okay, I didn't think you would. This was a wild summer when I was, I think, ten. Right. Yeah. You could get t-shirts that would change colour depending on your body temperature. So they would Crazy. start off they would start off like almost like a Jackson Pollock in blue paint, different kinds of blue paints. And trust me, the designs were terrible. You look at these global global hypercolour t shirts, they were horrendous. But as you got warmer, they would change to red. So as a kid it just fucking blew your mind that my T shirt can change colour. If they could do that then, why can't they do that with the jerseys in the Winter Classic? Why can't you have jerseys that change colour as the game gets, as the game obviously get, you know, the arena gets colder? I thought that'd be cool as shit. Or even the logo changes colour or something. I mean, like what? <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's fun, Will. It's different. It's just something silly and different to do in the game. Dude, they're playing ice hockey in a college football stadium. I think we're past the point of, you know. <laughs> This is like a normal event. It's not yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, yeah, no. If, if this was Dragon's Den, I'd um, I'd be <laughs> sit, I'd be Duncan Bannatyne, and I'd be eating my stacks of twenties. So I, I don't want to. I'm so uninterested in this idea that I'd rather eat my own money than invest in it. Well, I shot my shot, and you can't win every time. I accept that. Uh, you can't. Yeah, it's, it's a big fat no from me. Unfortunately, if this was uh, Brent's Got Talent, I'd be leaning over to the other judges' buttons and pressing them for them. <laughs> maybe because that maybe is just... the, tra- the trapdoor button. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd be really releasing the dogs with bees in their mouths. Just for <laughs> Get you. Get him out of here. Release the hounds. Ah, crap. Oh, yeah, well. sorry, mate. I mean, A for effort. Thank you, yeah. I, I, I'm trying, if nothing else. I'm yeah, very trying. I'm an ideas guy, Will. That's what it is. I don't implement them. I'm just an ideas guy. I just <laughs> try and get them out there. All right, then. I think I'll do for this week. Should we do man versus coin flip? What's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. I'd, I, I don't ever want to anymore. I feel like it's... I feel like I've had my good run. Obviously, I don't know where I am this week. But I think that... I may have peaked too early and the coin has caught back up and the deficit is only going to grow and grow and grow over the next 50 games. Well, because we had a two-week break, I th- I can't remember how far the difference was before, but I think you were four points behind. 
That Both sounds about right. Yeah, but now you're only th- you did make up a point, so now you're only three behind. See, this is it. Like only three behind, but I I still think like I'm not making enough ground this early, and I don't I don't have enough faith in my ability, Dan, to, beat to the outlast coin. this coin through <laughs> through eighty two games. Oh Christ! Anyway, I don't care. We're doing it. Red Wings no, are <laughs> Oh mate. See, this is a problem. Like the the coin flip, the coin that you flip does not second guess itself. It doesn't, doesn't care. Doesn't it's care. Like... It's cold <laughs> it's, bit of metal. To quote, to quote calories from the Terminator, it has no feelings. It will not stop until you are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that about sums up my relationship with this this uh this coin. score predicting coin. Yeah, I'm gonna go Red Wings. Okay, Red Wings. I'm going to use my ability to think to outthink this unthinking coin and Flyers, do the unthinkable. Preds. Preds. Just quickly, because we didn't mention it, and it was something I did want to mention, was it you mentioned Carter Hart earlier? With the Flyers. Well, now Philly has recalled goaltender Carter Hart. Fan- oh, there's a section of fans that have wanted this for a long time. They've called him up from the AHL. Stolars placed on IR. Hart, of course, a second rounder from 2016 that's shown a lot of promises. It's been a while since I've seen a young goalie get this kind of press. He was all over the NHL sort of Twitter machine. There was the, the thing with his family after the game. Obviously, he was, I think... Oh, did I write it down? Yes. He was the youngest goalie since 2007 to win his debut game. That was all over Twitter. But not just the one picture of him holding the puck or anything. There were some stats on there as well. There was things about him. Okay, here we go. He's on the way. Like He's been called up. Get ready. Kind of thing. I thought, wow, I don't remember a young goalie getting this much press for ages. Well, it's because he's been the best young goalie outside of the NHL for like years now. The, True. I, d- I don't know how close you've followed his, his like career in the WHL, but for forever in the WHL, he's been like phenomenal, absolutely like playing at a ludicrous level. So I think it's going to be an interesting test of of how well that translates to to success in the NHL. Like he has been. Yeah, you you get good junior goalies, and you get that become shit NHLers, and you get average junior goalies that become incredible NHLers. But there's just no real way until you get to sort of the the minor pro leagues. You can't with confidence necessarily say that oh this goalie's on the right track, like he's going to translate well to the NHL. Carter Hart is the first player in a long time that we've been able to look at and say right this could could really be something, or or at least. If he fails, he'll finally it'll be the final nail in the coffin of look. We don't understand goalies. Like if Carter Hart doesn't become a good NHL goalie, then we don't know what a good NHL goalie looks like until he gets there. Yeah, I mean the good I thing is he's, he's playing in he's playing in Philly, so the calm, rational Flyers faithful are going to give him plenty of time to settle in, aren't they? <laughs> if if there's one thing that Philly are known for, it's sticking by their goalie. It, one thing to know for is patience with their teams. I can't believe he'll he's he's the sixth goalie they've dressed this year. Who's played in the game for him? Six. Fucking mad, isn't it? Ah, it's it's beautiful. I love it. And it's and this problem as well, it's it's last hope now. If he's not the answer, that's it. I mean it's just 
It's Russian roulette oh, all the time. That, there's Dave's no other nuclear. option there. Dave's yeah. absolutely nuclear. Like, fuck it, let's, let's speed the plan up. Yeah, Christ. Anyway, I thought we were going to miss that. Um, Knights Islanders. Um, knights, knights. They're they're right in the ship. They're um, yeah. Everything's everything's getting back on track as as far as they were concerned. Even if uh, Max Patrick is getting healthy scratched, that's uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, it's fine. Canucks yeah, Jets. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, jets. Oh. oh. Yeah, Jets, because there's only so don't far. Don't think it. Don't think it. Dustin Buffalo is going to eat Elias Pettersson, and um, that'll be that. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. I think if Buffalo puts a big count on Pettersson, it'll just shatter him to a million pieces, like a dropped piece of glass. Christ. I, I I'm actually worried now. <laughs> I, literally, I literally just got a cold chill thinking about that. Oh, I kind of want to see Buffalo hit Pettersson down to an atomic level. It just disappears, <laughs> separates all the connections, there's atoms, all the bonds. Oh, God. Just becomes like a liquid on the floor. <laughs> the ice girls have to come on and just sweep him up. <laughs> it's like it's just, it's pour him into a chip him off the ice. <laughs> yeah. And then um, oil is lightning. Oh mate, it's got to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Life is uh, life's catching up with me, clearly. Um, I'll say. It's got to be the lightning, hasn't it? It's got to be the lightning. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did the coin say? What's it been saying? Can I... Um, Go on. Can I, can I say that... I, I, we're about to conclude the show. Yes. Um, and we've gotten all this way without mentioning the C word, Dad. All this way. Without mentioning the C word. Well, I'm worried now. Yeah. So. Go on. Christmas, you fucking club. Oh. I was going <laughs> to no. say. I was going to say that at the end. I was going to say it at the end. You're going to say save a little. Well, here we are. The end. Say, oh, okay. say yeah, here we are. All right. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Twitter's yeah at Danstra Edge at W E V E V E R E T T. Yes. There you go. Actually, one pick. Two Brits, one puck. No, two Brits, two, one pick. <laughs> two, two bucks, one brick. <laughs> Halfway there. Number two, number one. Well, any last words? Merry Christmas! Hey, Yay, it's Christmas, everybody. Are you uh, are you sorted? Are you done? Yeah, all done. Unbelievable. No, I have to spend my whole Sunday building a trampoline. As my, we kind of decided we were going to get my daughter a trampoline this year. But then she's going out on Sunday with my wife and my wife's friend and her daughter, and they're going to watch like a show somewhere. So she said, "Can we build it so it's up and ready on Christmas morning?" And I said, "Yeah, that, I think that's a good idea." But we've now got to make sure we strategically plan where my daughter walks in the house so she can't see into the garden enough to see the trampoline there ready for for an entire day. For an entire day. Like, a d- a trampoline for for the winter solstice, Dan. Here's the thing. We had no idea what to get her. And we noticed that three of our friends had trampolines in their garden. So we said to them, how often do your kids go on that trampoline? And they said, all of them said without any prompting, it's the best gift we've ever got them. They are on it all day. 
they're on it all all the time, all year. It can be snowing. They want to go on the trampoline. They just love going on the trampoline and going crazy on it. So they're like, oh, no, then that's fine. That can be a big present. To be fair, I could definitely go over a little turn on a trampoline. Oh, yeah, a trampoline's awesome. Are you are you sort of Christmas? Everything ready? Yeah, we've got we've got everything. Um, a couple more presents to wrap, but um, yeah, I think I think we're all right. I think we're we're just about there. We want to do a little um, get rid of a lot of Luna's stuff before Christmas. Oh, yeah, just because she's already got so many like toys that she doesn't play with. There's no point adding to to the issue by bringing in what I imagine to be a numerous amount of toys that are going to be brought to her by uh, by whoever, anyone and everyone, yeah. whoever you want to yeah. attribute that sort of gift to. Um, so yeah, we want to do that and just straighten things out, do the old Christmas straighten up. Um, but yeah, we're about there. We're about there. Me and my wife have also made a pact as well to not buy each other anything at all. Nothing at all. I had a feeling you were going to do something weird like that. Yeah, we're not no. weird, but not a damn thing. So we're we're, we're oh, past yes. the point now where we've been together for twelve years. We've we can afford to just buy things. It's, I'm past the point of where I was. The the initial, oh, I can get him this as like a cheeky present, or he wouldn't. He'd never think I'd get him this. That's all gone now because it's been so long. And so yeah, it's just I'd rather just save the money now <laughs> for like a holiday or something. This is it like like Grace and I have got each other presents this year but we've sort of openly admitted I've I've definitely said to her like I'm sure she'll like all the stuff I've got her but there's nothing that I'm buzzing about giving her you know what I mean like there's I feel a bit underwhelmed by my own selection like I just couldn't think of anything that was particularly good to get her you know there's a definite level in the relationships of present buying at Christmas and that when you're first with somebody you try and buy them as many awesome things as possible. I've got you a new bracelet, and I've bought you a TV, and a switch, and this and that, and I'm and a trampoline. Yeah, and I'm now in debt. And then a few years after that, it's more a case of, well, why don't you tell me what you want so I can at least get it for you, and it's not a waste of money. And then a few years after that, it's just, why are we even bothering? Let's forget it. <laughs> and that's where we're at now. We got to that point for the first time this year. I, t- I tell you what, one thing that has changed Christmas for me this year is Giftster. Do you use are you a Giftster family? I have never even heard of that. What is that? Quality little website, and it's it's a bit a bit sad in some ways, but it's a, just a website where you make your Christmas list basically, and you can share it with your family. You can share it with whoever, yeah. and then like people can buy it. Like you can put a link on there, so you can get it and all that shit. And then once someone's bought it, they can mark it as bought on the list so like other people can see oh he's already been bought x y and z so i can buy this instead or whatever but then the person who's made the list can't see it's quite useful for um i was trying i was trying really hard to start with to not use it but now i can i can think of good things to get without without resorting to this and in the end i was just like fuck it give me this fucking list this is what she wants (laughs) let's just crack on with it and just quickly, extended family, do you still have to buy sort of parents and grandparents or aunties, uncles, cousins, anything? Um, we do we do parents, um, our both sets of parents. We do, definitely done my nan because she lives with my parents. 
We've done some other men's. But yeah, we haven't really bothered with like aunties and uncles too much. Oh. Definitely not on my side. I've got quite a few cousins and uncles and that, but yeah, we don't we don't fuck around with that shit. I'm lucky in that I get away with it because my mum's dead. I don't really let my dad enough to buy my present. What what a lucky really, guy. And I don't really talk to my family. So it's kind of the only people I have to buy for my wife and my daughter. I'm not even buying my right. wife this year. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely eliminated everyone next year you're yeah. going to sit Georgia down and be like Georgia Christmas is just a capitalist construct to uh... and true. therefore I will I'm not be buying you a present I am literally one person away from having a completely money free Christmas of not having to spend a single penny <laughs> what I will be doing with your Christmas money Georgia is investing it in hockey ultimate team cards uh, <laughs> congratulations to me I would never do that. That's a total scam. Let's get out of here. There we go, folks. Hope you have a nice Christmas. We'll see you soon. Take it easy. Peace.